welcome to the Pentecost Podcast. I am your host, Ewan Ebsworth. The Pentecost Podcast is a podcast dedicated to exploring Pentecostal theology and history. If you're a Pentecostal who is passionate about theology, or a Christian who is open but cautious to the gifts of the Spirit, or someone discovering Pentecostalism for the first time, then join me in exploring Pentecostal theology and history through this podcast. We come to episode 8 and the fifth and final episode dedicated to the sources of Pentecostal theology in the Routledge Handbook of Pentecostal Theology. In this episode, I want to focus on the theology of worship. Now, worship is a very broad topic, like most areas of theology, and so I want to zone in on one particular aspect of worship, namely the bodily nature of worship, or, to use the language of the chapter, the kinesthetic nature of worship. The chapter states, quote, Individuals become Pentecostals through the practice of particular activities that shape the body. End quote. This is a fascinating concept and speaks at its heart, I believe, to the very centrality of the incarnation of Jesus itself, to faith, life, and worship. When we survey the Bible, we see that praise and worship of God take on many forms incorporating the use of our bodies that should be reflections of the posture of our hearts. We read, for example, in Psalm 150, verses 3 to 5, Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud, clashing cymbals. Praise is to be expressed through the playing of various musical instruments, which all involve the kinesthetic action of holding and playing the instrument. Praise is also to be expressed through dance, the physical movement of our bodies in rhythm and time to the beat of the music. This music and dance is to be exuberant. The psalmist exhorts worshippers to praise God with loud, clashing cymbals. Verse 2 of Psalm 150 even says to praise God in his sanctuary, meaning that praise is also localized and contextualized within a physical location. Not only are there special instruments designed for the purpose of worship, but also places dedicated to the worship of God, which requires the movement of the worshipper to move towards God, symbolically embodied by attending such places of worship and using their bodies to express their praise and worship. As we're in the season of Advent at the time of recording this podcast, let me use the example of the Magi who parallel this bodily dimension to worship as they traveled across the desert to present Jesus with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh in an act of worship. Their gifts, while presented to the Christ child as an act of worship in Matthew 2.11, are also in themselves symbols of Jesus' incarnation and our nature as created beings. Gold symbolizes wealth and royalty. Jesus was the king of the Jews, just as Pilate had written above Jesus as he was crucified. Frankincense is an aromatic resin, which was used in the ancient world in temple worship. The aroma produced by frankincense creates an olfactory sensation linked to smell, and its association with temple worship also speaks to the physical locality of worship. Myrrh is a spice which was used as perfume, often in burial, foreshadowing Jesus' burial and resurrection when the women came to anoint his body with perfume and discovered the empty tomb. 
Once again, in its perfume and oil form, it creates an olfactory sensation and is specifically associated with the body. But there is more. Some Christian scholars also hypothesize that these gifts, while all valuable and thus befitting of Jesus, were also representative of the Magi's culture, and thus there is a cultural and ethnic component to them as well, representing the inclusion of the Gentiles into God's new covenant. Taken together, the Magi traversed thousands of kilometers to worship Jesus. They presented gifts in worship to Jesus that were associated not just with status, but with the nature of Jesus' incarnation as a human being in their association with the bodily senses and uses in ritual worship and burial, and therefore are examples of the kinesthetic nature of worship. Now, I've strayed a little bit far from the chapter in this pretty long sidebar about the Magi, but I think they epitomize what the chapter said about individuals becoming Pentecostal by particular activities that shape the body. The Bible shows us that worship is holistic, incorporating all of our senses, the kinesthetic, the olfactory, the auditory, the tactile, and our sight. Another wonderful example of this holistic and incarnational nature of worship is the Lord's Supper. In the Lord's Supper, we take and eat of Christ's body through the bread and drink of Christ's blood through the cup. This involves the tactile, physically handling the elements of the supper, as well as the aromatic and the kinesthetic of both eating and drinking. When we partake of the Lord's Supper as an act of worship, we are shaped not just by its theology, but also by the action of participation. When I was growing up in the Anglican Church, we would get up from our seats and move in front of the altar where we would then receive the elements from those officiating the Lord's Supper. This again is another example of the kinesthetic nature of worship. Now that I'm in a Pentecostal church and we are encouraged to take the Lord's Supper at home as well as at church as an act of worship, I have begun baking our own bread for the purpose which incorporates another level of kinesthetic activity. Bringing this discussion back to the chapter, it asks, quote, What role do Pentecostal worship practices play in shaping Pentecostalism? How is Pentecostalism embodied? End quote. I want to share my own attempt to answer these questions in the reflections that follow. I believe worship does play an important role in shaping Pentecostalism, as in any Christian tradition. I mentioned my Anglican upbringing earlier. There are certain worship practices that shape Anglicanism, particularly High Anglicanism, that involve the kinesthetic and the senses. From my experience, these practices do take on different forms between Anglicanism and Pentecostalism. Both involve the body and speak of the incarnational focus of Christian theology and worship. Both seek to spiritually bring us into the presence of Jesus, just as the Magi journeyed to worship Jesus in his presence. Pentecostalism is embodied not only in its praise music, but also in its affinity for exuberant and joyful worship in both dance and song. It is embodied in its kinesthetic practice of raising hands during worship and expressing our heart posture towards God by physically moving our bodies towards a perceived presence of God manifest in the midst of our corporate worship. This perceived presence of God in the form of the activity of the Holy Spirit 
in our forms of praise can, as the chapter mentions, even be described as spirit baptism. Quote, the point here is that these bodily encounters are theologically explained in a doctrinal form as spirit baptism. It is the Holy Spirit who baptizes them and is bodily experienced. The experience itself is then embodied and also a carrier of the culture of Pentecostal worship. End quote. I myself regularly raise my hands in praise and prayer as I worship, and sometimes I do have a powerful sense of the Holy Spirit's presence, which can at times feel weighty and at other times feel joyful or peaceful. It is also embodied in the act of the Lord's Supper, not only in its participation of the partaking of the bread and the cup, but also as participation in the incarnation of Christ as a means of grace to receive healing and forgiveness. God doesn't just want right doctrine in our worship, but also right practice and right affection. This brings us full circle and goes back to my second podcast about theology as spirituality and the importance not only of orthodoxy, but also orthopraxy and orthopathy. Our worship gives shape to and embodies our theology, and in turn, through our experience of worship, we are shaped by it. I hope you have enjoyed today's podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes wherever you listen to your podcast and help by sharing this podcast with your church, family, and friends. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I'll catch you in the next one.